Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Bryony Cooper. Bryony is managing partner at Warsaw-based venture capital fund, Arkley Brink, investing in early stage startups in Europe. As an international entrepreneur turned VC, she co-founded three tech companies by age 30, served as CEO of venture builder IXDS Labs in Berlin, and later ran Brink's Lot Accelerator in Bahrain, MENA region. Bryony is an advocate for gender equality and diversity in tech. She's a regular mentor at FemGems and was featured in the book, Dear Female Founder, a series of letters to the future generation of women entrepreneurs. I am so excited to have you here today. Welcome to the show, Bryony. Thank you so much, Angel. I'm really happy to be here. Well, you know, Bryony, I want to start our time together by asking you, were you like part of an entrepreneurial family? Were you the little girl who was selling crayons to your friends in kindergarten? Like, how did you get started on this journey and so successful at such a young age? My family is definitely very driven and motivated. So I wouldn't say necessarily entrepreneurial, but I come from a very strong line of women who like to go after what they want and have always been very independent. And yeah, fortunately, I I come from a very loving family that was encouraging of whatever pursuit I wanted to try my hand at. But I think this entrepreneurial spirit was with me much earlier than I recognized because as a teenager, all I wanted to do was sing. And as soon as I became 16 and was legally allowed into the venues, I took it on myself to get a voice coach, but also to get a manager and an agent so I could start gigging. And I bought some sound equipment and had a photo shoot and I started doing that freelance. So, you know, I started doing my own tax returns from the age 16 alongside my studies. So looking back, I was like, I guess that was quite entrepreneurial. It's just at the time I thought, well, I get paid to do karaoke by myself all night. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Well, so from paid to do karaoke gigs, How did you end up in founding tech companies? Like, where is the intersection there? Because speak, I mean, singing is really a creative outlet. So we've got the creativity, we've got the commerce. Where is the technology piece of this? So this emerged in my 20s. And I've got to say, Angel, I'm a very non-typical venture capitalist. I do come from a completely creative background, actually. So I was a professional singer for seven years in my early years. And then at university, I studied creative writing. So I really thought that was going to be the route that I went down. But it just so happened that when I was working in London, a colleague and I didn't particularly like the boss we were working for and thought, you know, we could do this on our own. When I was working as a copywriter, he was a web developer. So we started our own little business. And It turned out I was quite good at managing people and he was very good at the behind the scenes tech stuff. So we had a very complimentary skill set fit. And ever since then, I've just kind of said yes to opportunities that came along. 
And it just so happens that my skill set fits very well. I call myself tech adjacent. So I've always ended up partnering with, with very tech skilled people because my strengths are in communication skills. Luckily, learning through my mother, through osmosis, I've got a very empathetic personality, which I think is very important for leaders in companies. And I just started building on those skills. And I suppose entrepreneurship and building companies became my new passion when I felt like I'd had enough of singing and I'd taken that journey as far as I could. Yeah. So by the time I was in my twenties, I just ended up being a director of a company to give it a go. And it all kind of snowballed from there. Beautiful. Well, one of the things that many of our women guests possess is a lot of creativity. So I'd love to talk with you a little bit about the idea of channeling creativity in a way that also brings in cash flow, right? Brings yeah. in the commerce is rewarded. The creativity gets rewarded because for many women, I think we are epically creative mm -hmm. and yet can get scattered in a million different directions. And because of that, end up not really materializing in the world, certainly not to the level that you have. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about maybe your own personal internal process of channeling the creative force. Yeah. I think what was a really important lesson for me was learning about the power of transferable skills. Because in my early days, I did have a lot of imposter syndrome, like many women, I'm sure, because I thought I'm not from the business world. I haven't studied finance. I don't have an MBA. You know, can I really pull this off? But what I realized was from all those years of singing on stage, it gave me really fantastic skills of having stage presence, learning to project my voice. And so when I then became a startup founder and had to go on stage and pitch, I thought, hey, I know how to do this. This is a skill I can actually use in my business life. And having those skills from singing translated so well into business and into so many levels of the communication that I do in my company. And it actually helped me to raise money from an investor on my first ever pitch when I started my first startup company because I was able to go on stage and own it. So I started, you know, putting putting the clues together and thinking, well, actually, maybe having a different background and having a unique or fresh perspective on an industry you're not from can be a bonus and can be a plus. So that was really important. For many years, I thought I have to hide that part of myself, you know, almost hide the light of the, the creative singer who loves to be in a smoky jazz bar because I thought maybe they won't take me seriously in very male dominated industries. But as I got older, I realized, hang on a minute, I can do both. This actually makes me more unique than the more typical background of coming from an MBA or a finance background, I can bring a, a different perspective to the table. So that can be one of my strengths, in fact. Mm, beautiful. Well, you know, I think especially when it comes to money and certainly raising funds for startups, it's really all about being able to compellingly connect the vision and the value in a way that allows an investor to want to say yes. So that creative part of you is really probably you had a, a huge leg up as a result of that and being able to communicate vision. I remember when I was in the real estate business, I was the one that they had selling from dirt piles because I was able to communicate and help people to get to that imaginal realm for mm. something that hadn't yet materialized. So let's talk a little bit about money because 
Again, many women are reticent to value themselves or value their vision or be able to communicate that value into the marketplace in an effective way. I'd love to have you talk a little bit about maybe some tips or some hints or some mentorship that you could offer our ladies who might be struggling with the money piece. Yeah. So much of it is about confidence. I think if women are going to invest in themselves in any way or, you know, go to workshops or read books or get a mentor, build your self-confidence that you can carry into the workplace. Because honestly, so many times I see men that are earning significantly more than women for comparable roles. It isn't because they've got better qualifications. It isn't because they're any more intelligent. It's because they're more confident. So if you can carry that confidence into the room to know your worth and know exactly what value you have to offer, you're going to be in a much much better standing to negotiate that pay. And this is something else that I've learned the hard way as well. You know, I've had such as much of a struggle up as any other woman of, of, you know, wondering if I really fit in there or if I really deserve something. But I've also experienced the same infuriation when I realized that I am being significantly paid less than one of the men in my team who's, you know, on the on the equal level. It's it's happened to me as well as most women that I know. Hmm. Yeah. So I think it's learning that lesson early and knowing your own worth first before you even step into the room to start negotiating. Beautiful. So I love that story that you discovered that somebody else was being handsomely compensated relative to what you were being compensated. What did you do? What did you do when you discovered that? I confronted my boss and I did manage to negotiate some (laughs) slightly lessening the gap, but it was quite near the end of my working contract anyway. So I, I, I moved on to bigger and better things after that, but it was just kind of more a, a learning experience because going into the new role, of course, it's not appropriate to question what everyone else is earning and whether yours is the same. You just sort of make certain assumptions. But yeah, it's 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 interesting because there was also a cultural difference where where I live in Berlin, the level of feminism that I have and that I project is pretty standard here because mm. so many women are, are, you know, fighting the fight. But that was when I was living in the Middle East where you know, it's it's maybe not as progressive as it is currently here. So when I went over there, I was considered a very staunch feminist that people were like, oh, we really mustn't say anything that, you know, we have to walk on eggshells around Briony or she might tell us off. But I was like, no, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm basic standard level feminist. <laughs> I just want equality for everybody. That's all. So it was a really interesting learning experience for the cultural differences in the workplace as well. Beautiful. Well, Briony, I want to talk a little bit now about mentorship, because one of the things that you do is you're a regular mentor. I'm curious, is that a paid mentorship situation where people work with you? Or are you, is it more of like an internal mentorship or uh, association type mentorship situation? I I do a bit of both. So Mm -hmm. in some, in some cases, I do more consulting for early stage startup founders. So that's business consulting on the paid side. But I do a lot of pro bono mentoring, particularly for women founders, Mm -hmm. because when I first When I started my first startup, I really didn't know anything about the startup ecosystem or anyone that worked in it, especially a woman. So I didn't have a mentor in the beginning and I was completely lost. And I just looking back, I think there are so many pitfalls that I could have avoided if I'd had someone I could have just picked up the phone and asked, you know, how do I tackle this situation? Or, you know, how do you work with this kind of difficult personality? Or should I be asking for more money? Or should I be giving away this much equity? Yeah, so I I really want to use the experience that that I've 
earned over the last 15 years to help other women on their journeys and, and also to help them build more investable businesses. Because I think something that I love about Wickedly Smart Women's podcast as well is that you have relatable role models, not just, you know, Hollywood movie stars that you think, well, I can never be like them, but actually real women who are building real businesses. And maybe the listeners are coming from the same walk of life or the same background. Maybe they have this, this, the same passions or skills. So I think as well, just to, you know, to, to offer a hand up to the women who are at the beginning of their journey is really important. And kind of, I think it's an obligation that we have when we, when we have more experience. Mm, agreed. All right, Bryony, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about mentorship, confidence, a little bit about imposter syndrome, maybe. And I mm-hmm. love this idea of being more investable, having your companies be more investable. So, but right now we are going to go for the break. Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. We are celebrating as well. We just launched our first book of Wickedly Smart Women, Wickedly Smart Women, Trusting Intuition, Taking Action and Transforming Worlds. And it went so well, we had distinctions in 34 categories, number one international bestseller, number one hot new release in six different categories, went so well that we are actually going to do a volume two. So if you haven't gotten a hold of volume one, we encourage you to do that. You can get that right on the website. And I do want to say thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. And I want to shout out this week to our brand new country. We just added another country, Bryony. Our latest country is Lithuania. So we are now in 107 countries around the world. And so I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Lithuania. We might as well shout out to our listeners in Poland and Germany as well. And we will be right back with Bryony Cooper. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Bryony Cooper. You can find out more about Bryony at BryonyCooper.com. And I want to let you know that if you are somebody who would like to bring Bryony to your group of women, you know, if you're looking for a powerful, dynamic speaker to come and speak to your organization or to your audience of women or leaders or founders or people in the tech industry who might benefit from her wisdom, I'm sure you can find out more about how to book her to speak right on that site. And certainly if you're looking for support and consultancy, 
she would be happy to have a conversation with you, I am sure. So we will have that for you in the show notes. And Bryony, is there anything else that we'd like people to know that they'll find on your website? Well, yeah, I think there's there's a few different tracks to what I'm doing. So of course, if you have an early stage startup, especially in Poland or Europe in the technology sector, we can consider you for investments. As you mentioned, Angel, I'm available for public speaking opportunities. And also I have a band, a live music band. We play in Germany and all of us are tech startup founders or investors. We're called BC and the VCs. So that's a very like a very niche kind of live music that we do at tech startup conferences. <laughs> Oh my God, that's amazing. I love it. I love the weaving of the creativity. I I believe that we're actually at the beginning of what I call the creative age. And, you know, we had the agrarian age where everybody was a farmer. And then we had the industrial age where we were, you know, everybody was a factory worker. And then we've had the Mm -hmm. information and technological age that we've been in. And we are now at the start of the creative age. And so to have someone like you, Bryony, who is really weaving together all of these threads in such powerful and joyful ways <laughs> and productive and profitable ways as well is is something to celebrate. So thank you so much for being a role model and pathfinder and pioneer. So oh, thank you, Angel. Yeah. Before we went to the break, we were talking a lot about confidence, about mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, about how, you know, you've got to own it when you are in any kind of conversation, whether you're on a stage pitching to an audience or whether you're in a boardroom pitching to, you know, the board of directors to increase executive pay or wherever it is that you are needing to create a specific outcome for yourself. So I'd love to have you share when you're working with women founders, what are the top three things that you give to them that are intended to support them to increase their confidence? So I think there's certain tips and tricks that we can do just as good practices for self-care to build our own self-confidence. Because, I mean, I don't know about the rest of the listeners, but I've struggled with anxiety a lot. And of course, there can always be this voice in your head that's telling you that you're not good enough. And I think that's something that so many women have experienced, whether you have anxiety or not. It's another thing of imposter syndrome that so many women especially do experience, you know, so it's it's really getting to overrule that voice. And what I've done over the years is every time someone pays me a compliment that's connected to my work or my presence or even just my energy or my aura, you know, no matter what it is, I try to remember those compliments. And especially if they're work related testimonials, I write them down. And if I'm ever going through a period where I feel like that I'm I'm not enough, then I go back and I, I read that and I look at it and it just is that reminder that, you know what, I do kick ass. <laughs> so I think that's a really nice little activity that, that everybody should be doing. And kind of on that theme as well, celebrating the small wins, you know, because we can't do huge achievements every day. It's not sustainable. So you have to really break it down and think about, you know, what have I done today that's good? Or what have I done that made someone else feel good? Celebrating these small wins is something really important. But yeah, when I'm mentoring women founders, I I try to evaluate them on a case-by-case basis because everyone needs something a little different. Mm. And a lot of, because I mentor through accelerator programs in some cases. And in this case, of course, I can help them with their pitch deck and their investor materials so that they can physically prepare to become more investor ready. But the other thing I look at is what else do they need that maybe they're not receiving elsewhere from their other support network? And quite often that's, you know, looking at how can I build my mental health resilience? Am I really managing my self-care and 
my work-life balance, because that's something that I think is a constant journey that we always have to keep working on. We've never fully got there. We've never fully achieved it. And I even struggle with it myself, but, you know, carving out that time to make sure you're taking care of yourself and you don't become a complete workaholic and go full speed towards burnout is something that I try to check in with every woman that I'm mentoring. Mm, Beautiful. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing because when you get an idea, an entrepreneurial idea, and you want to start something that's never happened before, you know, you're in that phase where there is a lot of fire, there is a lot Mm. of excitement, there is a lot of passion, but you might be all over the place. And, and may also be navigating the confidence piece, right? So you might be super confident about your idea, but not really confident about how to present it. Or you might be super confident about your idea, but not really confident about how to ask for money. So there's, you know, so many different phases around the whole process. I'm curious, once somebody has gotten off the ground and you've invested with them, what are the other things that you bring to the table for your for your people, for your founders, to help them not just get off the ground, but to grow sustainably? So often in my industry specifically, it's all about who you know. So I think one of the most important things is being a connector and using your network in the best way possible. And, you know, I think really in the universe, what goes around comes around. So it doesn't cost you anything to be nice and make an introduction to someone. So this is something that I offer to the women that I mentor. I always think about who do I know or who have I met over the years that could benefit this person? And I'll make that introduction and I'll just think about where could there possibly be synergies with any of the other companies that I work with. So this whole network effect is, is I think, a really important part of what I can deliver as a mentor. Mm, Beautiful. All right. Well, let me ask you now, what does make a company more investable? You know, you're definitely somebody who would be an expert at letting our ladies know that. So let's imagine that we have somebody out in our audience who's a founder, Mm. maybe a tech founder, and they are starting to do the things that they need to do in order to ask for the money. What are some things that would make them more investable? So one of the most important aspects that we consider is we always look at the team and the founders and whether they have the full range of skills that are required to be able to execute on their vision. So it's especially difficult for solo founders because one person can't do anything. But, you know, if there's two or three founders, we look at, is that skill set compatible? Is there the right balance of, you know, business and sales and technology and products? to, you know, have a really round team. And if it's not a completely round team, do they have that support or the expertise? For example, maybe they have some board advisors within the company that have some specific industry expertise. So this is one of the things that we look at because the people executing are the number one most important criteria. Everything else, so the financial plan, the technology, all of that can be you know, you can you can iterate it, you can pivot it, you can replace something. But when it comes to the people that are driving the company, this is what we really look at. So I personally believe in EQ over IQ. So I like to have a face-to-face conversation with a founder and just think, you know, is this person authentic? Are they passionate? Do they really believe in what they're selling? Because I think it was something that Simon Sinek said once in one of his talks, make me believe what you believe. And this is how you convince an investor to invest not just in your business and your product, but in you as an individual. So you need to be completely passionate about what you're building. And that doesn't mean working every minute of the day, because as I said, 
burned out founders are not good founders, but it just means about really believing that the product or solution that you're building is going to solve a real world problem or a real world pain and potentially, hopefully make the world a better place while you're at it. Mm, Beautiful. Well, I'd love to hear if you in the last, we've got about three minutes left. So in the last three minutes, I'd love to hear if you have one or two success stories that you'd like to share of organizations that you've founded or funded or both that, you know, might give our listeners some something to aspire to. Sure. So, of course, I want to practice what I preach and I'm really passionate about investing in women as well. But working in the technology sector in Poland, it is, of course, very male dominated. Mm-hmm. But one of the teams that we've invested in is a 50-50 mix. So we have a male and female co-founder. It's called Dr. Pet Care. And whereas most of the investments we do are very technology heavy, this one we consider food tech, but it's it's basically premium pet food and supplements that they've created with veterinary clinics and animal nutritionists to give our pets the best possible health that we can. And they're really killing it. Their sales are growing quarter on quarter and have been for over a year now. And they're just about to expand out of Poland into other countries. So I'm really happy to see that. And another project I want to, I can't actually mention the name of the company because we haven't closed the investment yet, but I'm super passionate about the environment as well and about climate tech. And right now we're looking at a project that's got two mature female co-founders that are building an artificial intelligence platform that helps all of the stakeholders in the energy sector to reduce their carbon footprint. So for me, this ticks all the boxes because like I said, you know, two kick-ass women founders that are building technology that not only will be profitable, but will make the world a better place. Mm. You can, I'll sign on the dotted line. (laughs) Yes. Now when women come to you or other, you know, men and women, when anybody's coming to you for an investment, what range are you offering you know, I know there are different ranges for different types of investment organizations. Yeah. yeah. So we consider ourselves a pre-seed to seed stage fund, mm-hmm. but we normally do ticket sizes of half a million dollars in the first investment round. And if the company is performing well, we can invest another half a million. So a, a total of about $1 million per company is what we can invest in the early stages of development. Beautiful. And when you invest, are you also, you know, you're taking equity? Are you also providing guidance and mentorship? And, Mm -hmm. you know, can you share a little bit about what it looks like if somebody came to you and, and received an investment? Yeah, yeah, sure. So of course we invest the money and we like to think of ourselves, I think most investors these days do, as smart money. So each of our portfolio teams requires a different level of support. So again, we we evaluate them on a case-by-case basis and see how much support they need from our team. I personally try to help always with the PR and communications because this is my background. And also, of course, when they want to raise further funding, this is where we can come in very useful because we not only have a very wide investor network with much deeper pockets than our fund that can do a larger round in the future, but we will also help them to negotiate the terms of that deal and make sure that they're getting the best terms possible. But we have monthly meetings with all of our portfolio companies just to see, you know, ask where they're at and how we can help them. And if there's any challenges we can help overcome or if there's some, you know, service providers within our network that we can also hook them up with. So, yeah, we do what we can. Beautiful. Well, Bryony, I am sure that anybody who comes to you and gets some fun funds is very well supported. And we are going to have to end. So listeners, we do love feedback. We would love to have you let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line, which we'll have for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.